0: Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with Robbie from The Avalanches. Hi, how are you today? Really good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Victoria. Yeah, of course. Um well, sort of to begin with, The Avalanches kind of formed in high school through like a shared enthusiasm for your for your music and the way you guys wanted to explore your music and and innovate um in terms of electronic music and I guess over a period of time that there's no doubt that your music has been drawn to the art of sampling and, and collecting an array of, of records and exploring ways to sort of incorporate those sounds and samples into your music. Um, yeah, and I guess like going into a, a bit of a deep dive, a bit of a, a throwback into the journey of the avalanches just to kick things off, I guess, can you walk us through the initial spark or idea that led to the creation of your albums Since I Left You and Wildflower and your most recent We Will Always Love You and just yeah how these these concepts sort of came to be and the evolution of of your works. Bit of a loaded question, but yeah, to <laughs> sum it all
1: up. Sure. <laughs> oh, well I guess that, that first album Since I Left You came about. I guess it was like Probably began when I was like thirteen or fourteen, just with a love of music, and I know Tony was the same, and Darren, and and then uh, we all met maybe when we were seventeen or eighteen, and just wanted to make music and mess around. But it was when I really bought my first sampler that everything sort of changed. Slowly, we got really found a way to express ourselves through sound and through collage and we'd kind of been using traditional instruments like keyboards and guitars just to make noise really not 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 using them how they're they supposed to be made so it didn't seem that much of a leap to us to, to start using this other piece of technology a sampler and and use old records we were finding in junk stores and sort of just try and carve out a little space of the musical universe where no one else was operating you know I, I think I always had this intuition that. I didn't want to be in in competition with anyone. I didn't want to try and make like a uh, a rock record more rocking than like Nirvana or or like a you know a drum and bass record that was like heavier than anyone else in the UK was making at that time. So it was just about finding a little space where no one else was, and then we were free to sort of follow our hearts. And since I left, you sort of came out of that and finding all these op shop records in Melbourne junk stores and beginning to to make this album
0: yeah wow incredible and um you went on to well I guess I'm also wondering like how do you um typically like approach finding and selecting samples and then going into weaving them into like cohesive pieces of music
1: Mm -hmm. it's like i wish i could give you an answer that was like i've got it all figured out but it's still like a total head pump, really yeah like i've gone through phases where i've had like um really well organized sample libraries and you know all, all the different samples i collect from or categorized and i'll go through a phase like that for like a year and be like really anal about it and and then i kind of like lose track of it and it's not working for me anymore and then I just want to just pick up a record that I'm feeling that morning and make a song on the spot, you know, and I think more and more I realise there's no sort of method to it. It's a feeling thing and it's more just about holding, I think, music that you love in mind. So like over the last few weeks, for example, I'll be listening to a bunch of YouTube stuff. Um, it sort of floats around in my head and then maybe I hear one other record that I, reminds me of that or I think could complement it and then attract might begin, um, but I, I've never found any way to make it sort of quicker or more streamlined. It seems that it seems to be the nature of it that it's slow, and you're constantly looking for the that last piece of the jigsaw. And um, yeah, and it's it's luck too. Like that's what I realize more and more. It's like the right idea or the right record popping into your life at the right time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's definitely um. A theme that I've been discussing a little bit lately is like certain records sort of find you at a point, a particular point in your life when you when you need to hear it the most, rather than like it's just been released and you need to hear it right now. You might not like really come across it or connect with it at that point in time, but somewhere along the line, it just it just falls into place.
1: That's exactly it. And that happens to me all the time. Like so many records like come out and everybody sort of like gonna listen to this and I'm like, I don't I don't know, it's like I'm just not feeling it or whatever. And then three years later I'll be like, this record's amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And
1: we told we told <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, but maybe maybe if you even tried to listen to it, then it just wouldn't have hit hit the spot as much as it does three years later. Something just happens. Exactly. Cool. And with your third album, We Will Always Love You, I mean, all this talk of samples, but you kind of dived into the fact that this record wasn't as sample based as previous albums. was there any apprehension that it might not be received as well or are you able to kind of disconnect from that and just be able to put that out now and, and make that music?
1: I think that yeah there was some apprehension because I mean we definitely were why well, we really wanted to make a big you know and not just not do the same thing again I think It's like, you know, the as we discussed, they're kind of time-consuming and records to make, and so you kind of need big energy and momentum to get get it finished. Mm -hmm. And um, so, if it's not new for us and exciting, I just don't think I could find that energy, you know. So, um, it just we just knew we weren't going to do the same thing again, and um, we'd spent like sixteen years making our second album. Um, wildfire. and we just didn't, couldn't go through that long sort of process again. So we had a lot of fun traveling more and being with other pe- other humans in the studio rather than just on our own with old records. You know, it was just like, just on a pure like life experience level. It was so, so much fun and so you know? And And then the record turned out great too. So yeah, I'm glad we went down that path.
0: And in terms of like production, and and putting together a final project, a final piece of work. What would you say is, like, one of the most challenging parts about putting together um, an album or a final project and piece of work?
1: I think it's, like, what to leave off and mm-hmm. uh, how to edit, you know, editing, editing it down. There's songs from all albums that didn't make it, that were kind of really great songs, but they just somehow just didn't fit or something. And wow. it often can be like a niggling feeling that you kind of know for months and months and months, but it's like, maybe it'll take Tony to tell me or me to tell him, it's like, that song just doesn't. But I think we've got better at this learning to let them go and it's like, whatever's best for the record as a whole. So for that's sure. really difficult. Because it's hard to get that perspective when you're so sort of inclined in it.
0: You know? mm. yeah. Have there been songs that you've left off previous records that have made it onto future records or do they kind of just get left behind a little bit and they need to just stay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they. You're, I always think they'll get used but they seem to they never do. They kind of get left behind and they also get so, once you've moved on and finished the record, it's sort of I don't know somehow I'm reluctant to go back there or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. They need a they're they're like a time and place sort of thing, exactly. And I guess in terms of um your your music sort of provokes like a a vivid imagery. In terms of the listening experience, for me personally, and I feel like for for a lot of other people, how how do you perceive that relationship between visuals and your music? If you have that, like if you feel like you experience that side of things as well,
1: it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I I totally do. And in terms of like even when I'm working on a track and the colours, I have to have the different instruments labelled and stuff. It's like it's always. It's always very st- sort of strongly linked to that, and to a place or something like it, Like I think all my favourite music does that. It just sort of takes me somewhere, and um, and so it's. I think it's always trying to express like a, an inner feeling or whatever. But it's it's always sort of connected to, often to a somewhere somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And-, and
1: visually, like it's often the visuals for a record evolve in parallel to the music, like they're done at the same time. It's not one and then the other.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got
1: yeah.
0: Oh, and yeah. I guess in terms of, like, bringing that into a live show and a live experience, um, you are set to perform at Heaps Good Festival um, coming up at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, I guess how how do you plan to bring your music to the this live show, the visual elements, what can people sort of expect from an Avalanches show if they've never come to one before?
1: Well, I hope they have a great time. I mean, it's like it's taken us a long time actually to figure out how, like taken us a whole career really to figure out how to play this music live You know, because we started out like we were talking as like kids in band, and so for a long time we all, almost stuck with that even though the records were made on samplers you know so um now the live show is really sort of bringing back the essence of what we do in the art of sampling and pulling apart songs pulling them back together Mm -hmm. and and using a lot of different songs or different moments from our catalogue and just try to make a new experience and then the visuals are um you know we didn't want to just sort of play our songs and play like we didn't want to play since I left. played the video clips since I left. We, we had to remake mm. all the, the the visuals as a new, as part of that journey, and then they they sort of evolve along with the, the set, the hour-long set. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's true.
0: It is. It's cool. I must. I saw you play at um, Harvest Rock a couple years ago, and oh yeah. I brought my little sister with me who is not an avalanche or like previously was not an avalanches fan, like wasn't across your music. And I was like, no, nah, we're going to this set. Like it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a great vibe. And she came out an avalanches fan. So it's safe. Oh, to- that's the best story. Yeah. Safe to say that the live show <laughs> definitely is like a great vibe for anybody, especially like maybe some younger audiences who may not be across like the avalanches music or anything yeah, it's it's a great vibe for sure Uh,
1: that's good to hear because there's not always like a lot of like there's not a singer Mm. or anything or a lot of vocals and um Mm. you wonder how it it'd translate to someone who doesn't know like say it's our own show and people are coming to see us and they know our records that's one thing yeah um you you wonder how it'll translate at a festival like that Mm. people who don't know you yeah
0: yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. That's for sure. It is. It is.
1: Really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I feel like it'll be great. I'm, I'm definitely keen. It's, it's summertime. It'll just be just super. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The festival has a dedicated dance stage, um, Sound Archive, where a bunch of renowned electronic acts will be performing. I guess, like, how do you, how do you perceive the impact of of having a stage? like that at a festival, especially for electronic music enthusiasts and people who are around and, and loving that that music.
1: It's pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it's like, um, yeah, like speaking about like that era when Since I Left You came out, it was like, like we were playing in clubs in Melbourne, you know. There was, uh, there was such a supportive music scene and it was so strong, but it was like a rock music scene, you know. Mm and so it's it's lovely to see to see how much things have changed so quickly really
0: yeah and on that note i guess like you guys have been made, making music for for quite some time now and and have performed at various festivals across the years and um i guess like how have you seen festival culture evolve over the years and festivals themselves evolve and i guess What excites you the most about playing and participating in festivals like Heaps Good in the current musical festival landscape?
1: I think it's, I think I love the fact that it's like, it can be less serious than sort of say your own show where you can get people who are sort of like, which i know is part of the fun as well but like you know sample spotting or almost like taking notes or something whereas like we just kind of really love the festival vibe and we we had a great um run through europe last year and doing the summer festivals over there and it's almost like you get a snapshot of a country like you're in denmark for one day and you're doing a festival there and it's like oh this is like denmark and denmark you know it's like every festival has its own unique vibe and um i think it's just it's just fun that people people come along just to have a good time and there's sort of less pressure in a way because people may be wandering from act to act and see a little bit of you before they go and catch somewhere else someone else you know and so it's like it's just just heaps of fun being outdoors too it's just the best
0: yeah amazing and is what what is to come at the moment into the new year for the avalanches
1: we're just finishing our records so that's kind of what we're doing at the moment. Um, yeah, that's it, a few ex- other exciting projects going on as well, so making music with different people, but our record is just kind of just us at the moment, yep. focusing on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to have a chat with me.
1: Oh no, thank you. for